Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Sake, but for my sake, because if you're distracted, I get distracted. So don't get distracted. Turn to someone and say, don't get distracted. But the other reason I'm asking you not to get distracted is because you got dressed and you came to church for a reason. You came to church to hear, the, the, I mean, to experience the presence of God, to fellowship with, with, with one another, and to hear the Word of God. So let's hear the Word of God with purity. Amen. And today I want to start a brand new series. Now, I'm going to cook it slow, okay? I don't know how to cook in the natural, but I know how to cook in the spiritual, all right? If, if you tell me to cook you some meat uh, in the natural, I, I, I don't know what you're going to get. It may, see, it may feel like a tire when you eat it, right? But spiritually, I'm a, I'm a seasoned chef. And I don't say that boastfully. I've been doing this for years, and I marinated on this for weeks now. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, it's a slow cook. All right. What I mean by that, I'm not going to give you everything today. So when you say, oh, that was pretty simple. No, I'm building up uh, to this series because we're going to talk about in the, uh, in the next couple of weeks some very key things on finances. Now, I want everyone to zoom in and be, uh, I'm going to give an, uh, kind of an intro to this series before I, I open up to the scripture. All right. So I need you to listen to me because this is so important when it comes to finances. Why, I've never, in all my years of pastoring, I've never taught a series Enrique knows, on, on finances or kingdom finances. But I realize that finances touches every person in this room. Hello? I don't care if you speak in tongues for an hour. You can speak in tongues and be broke and be miserable. We think speaking in tongues is the answer for everything. See, the, I'm going to de- debunk, all right, a, a myth or a lie when it comes to giving, all right, uh, that it's not only just for business people or people that are wealthy that need to hear this, okay? Because one of the number one reasons for marriages being uh, divorced or separated is the issue of finances. Obviously, there's lack of communication, there's infidelity, but finances is, an, is, is the top three of why marriages are under attack. And the Bible says, my people perish because of lack of knowledge, so one of the areas that God's people lack in, especially charismatic Christians, that all they want to do is just, you know, turn around, fall down, and think that God is going to answer their financial problems just because they shout good. Or just because they're faithful, watch this, in church attendance. Or because they, uh, uh, they love the Lord with all their heart. All that is good, but it's not going to fix your finances. Now, here's the, the myth that I'm going to start right off the bat, right off the bat, because I am going to be talking about giving today, but it's going to be a revelation, so don't tune me out. The, I'm going to debunk or the, the myth that says all you have to do is give, and you'll be faithful, and you'll be blessed financially. Wait a minute. That's almost suicide for me to say <laughs> as a pastor. I'm going to debunk. Now, don't get it twisted I'm going to talk about giving today because we must give. But we, must, we think that that's the only recipe, listen, to have our healthy finances. Let me pause and say this. How many uh, here have a job? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right. Okay, the other ones, they're like, oh, I don't know if I should say that. How many have a place to live? Come on, how many have a place to live? There you go. All right. How many pay bills? How many pay bills? Some of the teenagers are like, my parents can't pay everything for me. So. so if you raise your hand, that means money touches you. Now, I'm going to ask you another question before I get to uh, uh, finish my intro here. How many 
of you at one point or the other have felt uh, sad, maybe depressed, because you've been stuck in a hole financially for either a season or for a long season of time. So it does affect your emotions, right? Why am I saying this? Because Kingdom Finances uh, series, I'm glad that a pastor is teaching this because I'm going to pastor you. And it's the way that I flow, you're going to still feel good in your soul when I'm finished, right? This is not, and then next week, next Saturday, I want everyone to come because my friend Dan Springetti, he's going to be doing a, he's a very successful businessman here at RCC, uh, a nuts and bolts and an open question about anything concerning finances or even starting your business, all right? So book, mark it on your calendar next Saturday. Now, why do I say that? You, you could be, listen to me, zoom in, you could be a good giver to the Lord, and not have healthy finances because you could be a good giver and a horrible spender. I told you it was going to be good, so you need to listen. Just because you give to the Lord's work does not mean God is going to bless your finances if you're a horrible spender. Just because you give faithfully to the Lord does not mean God is going to magically take care of all your financial mishaps. And I know there's a lot of people that say, well, the Lord knows my heart. We as Christians use that phrase to get away with the lack of discipline that it takes to manage your money. Well, the Lord knows my heart. He knows I'll give in time. He knows that I need a little bit of extra of that stuff. And I'm going to debunk that because it's like an author who wrote a book on grooming. And he only focused on one part of grooming. See, because people get mad at God because they say it doesn't work. They say, well, I've given. I've heard that. Now, that's why I'm starting the series. Pastor George, everything that you say, I give my tithe. I give. And I'm still not there. I still have to struggle well, there's so many avenues that sometimes God allows the seasons to see if you're faithful in the little. So he could trust you with much. He can't trust you with 100 if you can't be trusted with $10. That's, that's for another time. But watch this. That's like the people get upset with God because they say it doesn't work. Like, like, like this is a slot machine. Like God is a slot machine. Listen to me, guys. Listen to me, young people. This is amazing. This is true. That's like an author writing a book on grooming, and he focuses on one part of grooming, brushing your hair, combing your hair. That's one part of grooming. And then all the people started doing that, and those people only groomed their hair, only groomed their hair, and never took a bath and never brushed their teeth, and they're wondering why they still stink. And they say to the author, I've done everything you told me. I'm, I'm combing my hair. Yeah, but it takes other principles of grooming. Come on, somebody. In order for you not to stink. So I start off by saying that you and I must get our finances in order. In order for us to experience a life that is blessed. Now, I want to pause and say this. I am not, and I repeat, I am not a hyper, uh, um, uh, what is that thing called? Uh, prosperity, Prosperity gospel preacher. But I want to say this. I'm 50 years old this year. I turned 50. The reason why I've never preached on this is because the Lord had to correct me recently. Is because there's more topics on finances in the Bible and parables and stories than in almost any other story that Jesus did. The, 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 the parable of the talents is not about your giftings. I have newsflash, newsflash. You could apply it to your giftings, but it's not about your giftings. Let's put it in context. The parable of the talents is about your money and how you steward it. And young people, if you get paid, give your 10% to the Lord. 
Don't leave it up to your parents. I told my son the other day, make sure you tithe. He goes, yes, I do, Dad. All right? So, so I want to tell you my goal is to give you some key uh, principles that I've learned and practiced throughout my years that I believe it's time for us to have healthy finances. Can I hear an amen? Now, you say, now, my wife told me not to put it up, and I'm not, but I, I feel led to say this to add credibility to people that, that, that uh, may not understand why I'm doing this. The way that our church has been run financially, you know, uh, Iris is there. Thank you, Iris. You're amazing. I know you don't like to be shot out, but you're amazing. Thank you so much for, for everything you do. But she could tell you, she could tell you, we've been blessed as a church, all right? We've hardly gone in the red. There's sometimes we go in the red of the, in, in the month, but the way some people may say, well, PG doesn't like to spend. No, 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 no. It's not that I don't like, like to spend. It's because I want healthy finances for the church. I don't wake up thinking about the finances of the church. I don't. That's, you know how many pastors I talk to, and they said, oh, my God, if I don't wake, I don't think about it because God has blessed this church financially. But part of that is because we are a very benevolent church, giving not, to, not just you guys, but giving to others. But we have principles in place that we don't just spend everything we have and call us blessed just because we're a charismatic church. Right? And the other thing that I want to say before I give you the scriptures, I mean, yeah, the scripture is um, I'm speaking from experience. I, I'm, the Lord has had me the head of this church, right? And my personal finances has taken me a while, but I have, I'm not going to put up there, but I have a, a over 800 uh, credit score. Now, that's not, that's not for you to say, look at me. I'm saying that so that you know there's credibility behind what I'm saying. That I'm not just picking up some random sermon from somebody on the internet, all right? I'm saying I felt like this is time. All my elders said, this is time. Because once this gets into your spirit, you're going to be blessed. And I am tired if I could just be frank with Christians thinking that the word blessed is bad. The word blessed is very good. We've perverted the word blessed into this hyper prosperity, and then we don't want to be blessed. Then we get a poverty mentality. That's why Jabez, when I preached on that, he said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. He was not afraid of the reality of God's blessing. I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing on my life. And one of them, newsflash, is health. One of them is your soul. But one of them is your finances. And I'm not going to apologize for it anymore. God wants you healthy in your finances. I'm going to say that again because some of you guys are not, you know, you have to press through this. He wants you to be healthy in your finances. Now, with that said, this is, I need you to really listen, all right? Because what I'm going to say this morning is a, is a revelation that I have practiced for many years, and I actually read other books, other people that are uh, successful financially, and they happen to uh, say that this is a main principle of their life. I didn't even know it. I was almost doing it because of biblical principle. And so I want you to write this down. The first principle that I'm going to talk about today is the principle of first. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm going to break this down really good this morning. If you don't get this, you're not going to get anything else this, this morning. Is honoring God first, everybody say first, in the area of finances. Now, please, now, if it's quiet, that means you guys are getting convicted or listening, so that's good. <laughs> now, what is the principle of first? All right, before you put that next slide up there, 
What is the principle of first? Okay? Now, hear me very well. Please, please hear me because you guys can misconstrue what I'm going to say. It's not just giving to the Lord. Principle of first is giving God first when, as soon as you receive an income or a payment or a, uh, a, some salary, an inheritance, you give God his first portion first. And there is an honor system, I can't totally explain it, that when we put God first on our finances before we pay anything else, the blessing of God is being released and he could trust that person with finances, with lots of finances. Watch this. Because some of us, when we get paid, we give Starbucks first. You're not quiet up in this Methodist church here. When we get paid, we get our car first. And then whatever is left over, we give to God. And then we expect God to bless us when we're giving him the leftovers instead of the first. And I'm going to explain that this principle, hear me now, is actually all throughout the Bible, but I've missed it throughout the years. I was doing it, but I never honed in on it. There, there is, and I'm not talking about legalism, okay? And I'm not going to say you're going to be cursed if you, you put it third, right? Well, I give my 10%, but I pay my light bill first. Go ahead and do that. But what I am telling you, there is a mystery about this principle that if you put God first, the, give him the first portion of what you get financially, financially, watch your finances start turning around. If you do it with a pure heart. Look at that next slide. This is what the principle of first is. And I'm going to go throughout the scripture to tell you what God did when he wanted first Look at this. Read this with me. The principle of first is giving God the first portion. Everybody say financially. See, that's a curse word. There's a curse word to somebody. First word, financially. Every time we receive a payment or income before we give financially to anything else. Now, I know a lot of you don't like that. But I'm telling you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you today what I call the principle of first. Because some of us, we got our priorities mixed up. We can't wait to go to the great, oh, I'm, gonna just gonna, I'm just going to go there. We can't wait to get paid so that we can spend 50% of our paycheck on our favorite clothing store. Come on, somebody. I'm going to go over here because I feel heat. My, my, some people are like giving me heat. We can't wait to go to our favorite shoe store, our favorite clothing store. We can't wait to get the, great, the latest, greatest cell phone. And we, and we do not prioritize saying, I must give this first. To God, if I want to see, because watch this, God rules by principles. And so there's an honor system that he has put in place in the scriptures to have us blessed. Now, what is the scripture for that? I'm glad you asked. Let's all turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. A lot of preachers use this during the time of the offering, but I'm going to use it in my message. And I'm going to read it in the New King James, and I'm also going to read it in the Passion Translation so you can see. Come on, everyone turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. And I want you to read it in your Bibles, all right? Now remember, what's the, I want you to see this. This is going to open your eyes. Remember a couple months ago, I talked about the reason why Jabez got blessed, because he was more honorable than what? Come on, you, you guys listen. He was more honorable than all his brothers. So because he was walking in honor, hear me now, God blessed him. Everybody say, when I walk in honor, God will bless me. When I honor the Lord in the area of my finances, how he says to do it, I will see a greater blessing. Now look at with me. Read this with me. One, two, three. Honor the Lord 
with your possessions, uh-oh, here's this word, and with the first fruits of all your increase. He didn't say some of your increase. He said with all of your increase, right? He said, honor the Lord, give him when you get paid, give him his, what is due to him first. Now, this is a hard principle. Are you guys cold, by the way? There's some people that are, are you guys cold? No? You good? All right. Well, at least you're, it keeps you awake. <laughs> I don't know if you're feeling the Holy Spirit or you're just cold. You're like, amen. Now watch this. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. Listen to me, guys. I'm gonna, I'm, this is, everybody say principle of first. Now don't answer me. Don't answer me. Don't answer me because I don't want you to get in trouble with your wife or your, your husband. Do you not only just give, but do you give the first portion of your income before you pay anything else? Don't answer. Don't answer. Did you do it consistently? Not, not every now and then. Let conviction hit you on that. Because what I'm going to share with you, anything that's not first is an idol in our life. And money, I'm going to prove it to you, is a God to many people. And they don't even know it. They don't even know it. They, they don't bow down and say, I worship you. But by their actions, they're putting money for their self-gain. Come on, I'm preaching good. More, more before they'll, they'll, they'll pay their shoe or their, or their cell phone, whatever it is, the newest thing, before they give their portion to God. Now, in the Passion Translation, look what it says. Put the Passion Translation. Now, this is crazy, right? Everybody turn to someone and say, this is crazy. Glorify God. Now, this is not Pastor George speaking. Everybody say glorify God. With all your wealth. Now, what is wealth? Your finances. I'm glad he said that. All your wealth. Watch this. Honoring him with your very best. With every increase that comes to you. Mm, I'm I'm going to say that in a second. Say every increase that comes to me. Now, what happens when we honor? Look at, look at verse 10. What happens when we honor God this way, putting him first, giving him his first portion, honoring him with his first fruit of our finances? Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings. I was pausing. I was hoping for more amens. From an uncontainable source of inner joy. I want you to notice that this is an honor system. And what uh, God is a God of principles and commands, right? So in the Bible, there's ten commandments. Now watch this. There's also financial commandments. Do you know that? Do you know that there's also financial principles or financial commands in the Bible? Do you do you know that? And you know what I find that the 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 um, if you the first principle when it comes to finances is very similar to the first commandment. In the Old Testament, the very first commandment is similar. The principle of first, what is it? You don't have to turn there. Exodus 20, verse 3. What's the, what's the let's, let's quiz you. Don't look at your Bibles. What's the very first, very first commandment of the Ten Commandments? You will have no other gods before me. Before me. I got to be first and only. There would be no other God before me. Watch this. And I find that the first financial commandment matches the first original commandment. First original commandment is put God first in everything. And the first financial commandment is put God first when you receive financially something. Why do I say this? Because to some, 
Money is a God. Now, listen to me. Do you remember when Jesus said, you cannot serve God and now, what is mammon? I'm going to tell you because it's not just money. Uh-oh. If God would have wanted to put money in there, he would have said money. Again, the Bible clearly says in the New Testament, the love of money is the root of all evil, not money. So a lot of people see mammon as money, and you're wrong. He didn't say you cannot serve God in money. That's not what, that's what not the context. Mammon is not just money. Mammon, if you do a study on it, was an old Assyrian god of riches. And so when Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon, what he was saying is the God of riches is a God to many people because they're not willing to let go of their finances. Let me tell you something. You know why it's a God to some people? Because we're not willing to let go of it. Anything that takes the place from God being number one in your life is an idol in your life. If you can let go of bitterness and you can't let go of your money, money is an idol in your life. Oh, that's good. That's not even in my notes. Glory to God. If you can let go of forgive, if you can forgive people and let go of bitterness, but are saying no to the to giving first fruits financially to God, here's the thing. He still loves you, but you're not gonna walk in victory and breakthrough in the area of finances. He still loves you, he's still gonna forgive you, you're still gonna feel his presence, but you're always gonna wonder, why am I broke all the time? Why am I struggling financially? Why am I doing this? Why? Because there's principles that you and I need to catch. In order for God to release his honor system when we honor him. You know, the church, we're so used to asking God to bless us when we are not honoring the way that he blesses us. We want to live, I'm just giving a little example. We want to live an immoral life and expect God to bless us. All because of the mercy of God. You can't earn God's favor, but you can position yourself to get closer to it. Hello? You can't, you can't pay for a healing, but you could walk in wisdom and in faith so that healing could come into your life. You can't eat five hamburgers and, and claim the blood of Jesus over your arteries. I mean, we get so spiritual about things. We got to, and, and, and the same way with finances. I'm just, I'm just all I'm going to do, all I'm going to do is God bless my mess, Lord. I believe in prayer, and God can do anything he wants. But let me tell you something. When it comes to healthy finances, you have to be disciplined. Oh, God. Oh, God. Jesus himself understood the principle of first. Please, please don't, don't, don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hone you in. It's a slow cook today. Principle of first. Watch this. That means, I'm going to go here, okay? If you get an inheritance yesterday, so, someone died gave you, and left you with $250,000. If you want to honor the Lord in the principle of first, before you get excited about having that, spend all that money, say, God, I'm consecrating the first fruits to you. I'm giving 10% of this $250,000 to the work of the Lord. See, some of you, you're mad when I say that. But that's, listen, I, I have seen the blessing of God in my life and in our church in our church with this principle. That means if you just sold your car, hello, I'm, I'm speaking to you, listen, and you just got $7,000 in your car, before you pay Starbucks, before you pay that nice clothing store or that purse or that shoe, got quiet up in here, give God 10% of that $6,000. But if you do it consistently, God says, I could trust that person with finances. 
Okay, this is not in my notes, but I want to just tell you, this is, this is, I'm being led by the Spirit. I'm not going to say who, but I feel led to say this. Please, please hear me. <sighs> the other day I was wrestling with uh, some things about our staff, and not in a bad way. I wanted to uh, give something to a staff member that works really hard, and I, but, but I'm a budget person. Right? I'm a budget person. Iris could tell you. I, I was like, she gives me the PLs. I want to be able to stay within budget. Even though we have extra, I don't want to overspend. I'm going to give you a little clue. You need to live below your means, below your means, and really and be wise in your giving first for you to start experience perpetual uh, financial breakthrough. If you don't live uh, below your means just because you got some extra, you will blow it on everything extra, and God won't trust you with money. True story, guys. I'm praying, and I said, how can I maneuver a couple hundred dollars, you know, to just fit in the budget? I could have just said, yeah, here. And the Lord wrestled with me, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, uh, take a couple hundred dollars from your salary and give it to that person, like to, to this staff member. I'm like, Ugh. We have the money, though, Lord, you know. <laughs> you know, I worked hard because I, I have. I worked hard to get to this place, you know. I had to grind, had to believe, had to start from nothing, start this church. And I wrestled with it, and I wrestled with it, and I felt gently, do it, do it. Do it first. So I did it. We went into the system. I lowered my, uh, I lowered my salary a couple hundred dollars, and that, the makeup of that, I gave it to a certain staff member so they could have for their check every single time they get paid. No, I'm not saying that for you to be happy with me. <laughs> I said that because about what's happened next. As I wrestled with that and I was obedient to give God first, less than a week later, we got an offering for $25,000 to the church. Somebody better shout right now. Now, they don't know. They didn't know that they were part of the process. They were t- the Lord was tugging on them. Oh, should I do it? And the Lord was tugging on me, but they're working all together. They didn't, we didn't even know. God says, once you release this, I'm going to release that. And then, then, then that person that gave, I had a report. I had a report that within a week after they gave, they had one of the largest job openings that they've ever had, and they have it right now. Don't tell me this is a gimmick. Don't tell me this is a gimmick. It's a principle of honor, and you're calling it a gimmick. It's a principle. It, there's a law. It's like a law of gravity. How, how stupid would it be? We're like, oh, that's just dumb. That gravity stuff is dumb. You're trying to manipulate people. No, it's a law. I'm not trying to manipulate you. If you put something up, it's going to come down. It's a law. <laughs> of gravity, and there's a law of finances that if you give God his first por- portion, the inheritance, the car, whatever comes to you, you give it to him first before you pay anything else. I guarantee you in time, he will trust you with more. Because I did what I did, the Lord trusted this church with the greatest one-time offering whatever we ever had, and this is a couple of weeks ago. And the individual that released that, they told me they got a, a job that super exceeds what they had. Now, now watch this. Why, why do I see this? Jesus knew the principle of first. Remember, the, remember uh, the, the parable of tents, which we'll get there in a couple weeks. I won't get there now, but I'm going to give you a little, a, little, a little appetizer, okay? I read this over and over again, and I saw something I never saw. Do you know that in the principle of talents, he actually, God wanted 
something first? You know why? Because he gave 10 to some, he gave five to another, and he gave one to another, right? And he says, I want to see what you do with it first. So, so watch this. He comes back, and the guy that had 10, what did he do? He didn't spend it on all this stuff. He invested it so he could give God more, and it, and it doubled. The one with five, he invested it, and he, he was able to invest, and it was able to grow. Now watch this. This is tripped out. The one that had one didn't lose it. He still had it. I was like, wait a minute, Lord, you know, come on now. He still has it. I mean, it's not like he didn't do anything with what he gave him. Because he was expecting something first. Remember when Jesus was, uh, he, they tried to trap him. Now watch this. This is beautiful. Even Jesus is saying, it's okay to pay your bills. <laughs> See, don't get out of here and say, you know, I, I'm not going to pay my bills because the pastor said I got to give God first. No, give God first what belongs to him. Then pay your bills and then have some stuff with leisure. In a couple of weeks from now, as I continue, I'm going to actually be more practical and share what I believe some people need to have to have healthy finances. I believe we need to have multiple saving accounts. Saving accounts for one. I'm just getting ahead of myself. One of them just for emergency cases. One, one of them for a vacation and stuff. And one of them just to give. Can you imagine? I have, I have, I have a, little, a little pocket of some place that I have cash or some leftovers, and the whole reason I use that is say, God, who do you want me to bless? Boy, that's so fun. I, never, I wasn't in that position years ago, but now I'm in a position to do that. The Lord says, that person, and I go, zoop. They're like, oh, my gosh, I was just praying for that. And I just walk away going, yes, I love it. It's a good feeling, right? Now watch, watch. Luke 20 in the NLT says this. Watch this. Look at it. Everybody say, give what to God what belongs to him. First, so remember when they try to trap them, like, hey, 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 is it okay to pay bills? I'm, moder- I'm modernizing it, right? Hey, you're saying that we could, uh, we need to give to the Lord, or we need to honor the Lord, whatever you want, fill in the blanks, right? Um, do we need to, do we need to pay taxes too? You know, or does it all belong to God, right? So you're trying to trap them, right? Watch what Jesus said. Now, now tell us this: these are the Pharisees, verse 22, and then and then 24. Uh, is it right for us to pay taxes? And <laughs> this is so gangsters. This is so good. Is it, is it okay for us to pay taxes to Caesar? In other words, pay your bills, pay your taxes, right? Don't, don't, don't use the excuse of God first to not pay your taxes. <laughs> Watch this. Jesus said, show me a random coin. Show me whose picture is this little, uh, is this title stamped on it. And they said, Caesar's. Now watch this. Well then, Jesus said, oh, I love this. Let's say it in slow motion. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Say this with me. And give to God what belongs to God. Give to God what belongs to God. Here's what belongs to God, your first fruits. Mm -hmm. Because this is a financial principle. Everybody say financial principle. Now, look at this next slide. The principle of first is a discipline to get our hearts in the right order, and free us from all idolatry. (laughs) Do you know that when you give to the Lord, it strips you from the power of the grip, that money, and the fear of letting it go? The more that you let it go, the less it has control of you. 
What it has done for me personally is when I give, not only is there such a good feeling because I'm doing it to honor the Lord, but when I give first, I know that I'm honoring the Lord, but little by little throughout the years, the, the, the grip of money being an idol to me or being afraid to lose something has completely vanished. I don't struggle with the fear of giving anymore. If money has a hold of you or you fear you're going to be at loss, that means there's something not right with your honor system, with, with the Lord. Look at this. Now, now, why would God, think about this, guys. I thought about this. Why would God, and I'm going to get somewhere deep now in just a second, ask someone that makes $50,000 a year for $5,000 when he owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Why would God ask Someone that makes 50000 a year for 10%, which is $5,000, when he walks on gold, when there's angels and seraphim and, and, and um, glory all over him and there's no need. You know why? Because it's not for his benefit. It's for yours. He's instituted this as, I believe, as a test for the body of Christ to see if we are willing to be obedient in that. Remember, the Bible never says if you're obedient, you will eat the good of the land. He said if you're willing and obedient. A lot of Christians are obedient in the area of their finances, but they're not willing. And so here's some examples that I went through, not all of them, of the principle of first, God requiring first, right? A first portion of it all throughout the Bible. Let me just give you a quick run through. Uh, number one, and I'll go back to this. God wanted, um, God blessed or accepted Abel's offering, and I, and I never saw it this way, because he gave from the first fruits. And I used to think, what, why did God honor Abel's offering more than Cain's? And I, and I used to have a theory, well, maybe because Cain, Cain brought, you know, you know, you know the, the whatever. But I will tell you in just a moment what that happened, because I go back to Scripture, right? God honored Abel's more than Cain because of the principle of first. Hear me now, hear me now. God asked for the city of Jericho first. Now think about it, I never saw this. God asked, the, so the, the, the children of Israel were coming out of Israel. Bondage, right? What's the first city that they entered in? What is it? What's the first? Jericho. God says, don't touch the spoils are mine. Oh, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. Read it for yourself in Joshua chapter 5, 6, and 7. Do not touch the spoils. This is the first city that Israel comes in that out of bondage, and it's the promised land. That's consecrated for me. Well, Achan didn't obey, and he took some of the spoils, and guess what happened to Israel? They lost to, 12, to, to an army of thousands, lost to a, a town of Ai that was only like 12,000 people. Why? Because they did not honor the principle of first. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. You know why? Because it's all over the Bible. God says, do not touch Jericho. Everything else, the spoils, you could get. The spoils of Jericho are mine because that's the first that you're going to conquer. God says, I want Isaac because he's the firstborn. Give him to me. Oh, you're not hearing this. You're not hearing this. You're not hearing this. Before you could enjoy him, before you could do whatever you want with him, he's mine. And, I, and not only is he mine, I'm going to, uh, watch this, this is in the area of our money too. I'm going to test you to see if you truly believe that he's mine. Go ahead and go up to the mountain and kill him. How about in your finances? The finances of the first fruits are mine. Eat 
even in the pool of Bethesda in the New Testament, there's a principle. I don't, I don't fully understand it. I'll be honest with you. There's something that I don't understand. The Bible says that the, there, every, every, there was so often an angel come in and stirred what? The what? And whoever got in there was healed. Seek ye the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Then all. Do you see this? The principle of first is all over the Bible, but I, you just never see it. So let's go back to Abel and Cain. Let's go back to Abel and Cain. I know this is good. Someone say this is good. This I'm giving, I told you, it's a slow cook, right? It's a slow cook. All over the Bible, the principle of first is there. But we ignore it when it comes to our finances because we think that it is ours. I'm going to say something in just a second. I'm going to say something in just a second that is going to blow you away. Now, look, look at this. Um, uh, where, where am I? Where am I? Genesis chapter 4. Are you getting something this morning? Verse 3 through 5. Just give, give me another 15 minutes because I really want to digest this with you, okay? Now, look at this. In the process of time, guys, look at this. It came to pass that Cain, everybody say Cain. He brought an offering. Say brought an offering. Now, watch this very closely. I never saw this. From of the ground, the fruit of the ground from the Lord. In other words, there's fruits that were not on the tree. I never saw this before. They were on the ground. They weren't first. They were leftovers. Preach somebody. Of the ground. Okay, so he grabbed it from the ground, right? Now watch this. Abel also brought, what, what did he bring? What did he bring? I can't hear you. What did he bring? Say it loud. Firstborn. Not the secondborn. Not the thirdborn. Not the firstborn. It could have been, the fourthborn could have been even healthier than the firstborn. I could imagine the fourthborn would have been like, whoa, that's, he is really strong. Let me give that as offering. He goes, no, the one that came out of the womb first, I'm giving to, I'm giving to the Lord. Now watch. Watch. Abel brought the firstborn of his flock, principle of first, and their fat. Ooh, this is good. I feel the Holy Spirit giving you revelation. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. They both gave offerings. Hello? I can't hear you this morning. They both gave offerings. I never preached like this before, but I'm going to tell you this is eye-opening. If you're not giving first as an honor system, God still loves you but you're going to be withheld from an honor system that he wants to release that is etched in eternity. There's certain things that you cannot reverse just because you don't like it. You want to unlock the blessings of God? Find the secret honor code to be released to you. Come on, say amen. He asked for Abraham. He asked for, for, for uh, Abraham asked for Isaac. This is not foreign. And in the area of finances, I believe, now this is where I'm going to get really good. The greatest example of the principle of first. I just gave you some. Now I'm going to give you, in my opinion, the greatest of first, right? We could, we, could, we could debate on this, right? But I want you to see why, because I'm going to give you a secret. He is testing our heart to see if he could trust us with more, and he's testing our heart if, there, if money is an idol in your heart. I have no other gods before me. Now watch this. He sends Elijah. I'm going to read it to you. We're all read it together. In a severe famine, and he says, Elijah, not to a rich person. Don't you think there must have been at least one rich person that God would have? Of course there was. But he sends Elijah to a, a poor widow woman that's about to die. And I'm going to give, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this revelation of first. Everybody say first. 
Now, I want you to preface this, that Elijah was already uh, provided for by the ravens. So I want you to get this, because we always think, like, oh, Elijah needed it. No, 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 I'm going to break that myth, because Elijah was already provided for by ravens before God sent him to this widow. And then after he was sent to the widow, a couple of chapters later, he, as he's running away from Jezebel, he was provided with an angel cake and water from the angel of the Lord. There was, he was running in the wilderness, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to go away. And he's sleeping, and an angel appeared, baked him a cake. Put it on his head. You can read it in, in 1 Kings chapter 19. By his head when he woke up, and there was a jar of water, and the angel said, drink it and eat it. He ate, ate. Listen, he was provided for. Can we agree on that? I'm going to pop the myth bubble that God sent Elijah to provide for Elijah. First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. 3 and then 6 to 16 in the NLT. If you're there, shout amen. Turn to your Bibles with me. First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. Then we're going to go to verse 3. Then we're going to jump from 6 to, 7 to 16 real quick. Let's read it together. Ready? You don't have to read it aloud. Just read it with me. Now, Elijah, who was from Tishbeth in, in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain. So he's pronouncing a drought. Guess who's part of that drought? Elijah. He had to live in that drought. Be careful what you prophesy. All right. There'll be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Now look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. Let's read together. Go to the east, the Lord says, hide by the Carabith Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Now jump to 6, and we're going to read together. Now this is important. Everybody say first. Everybody say principle of first. Here it goes. The ravens brought him bread, come on somebody, and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. That's Elijah being provided for. He didn't need a widow. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. Elijah knew the provision of God. He was taken care of. Listen to me. Could you imagine, guys, could you imagine waking up one morning and you're like broke and you have no money and God says, don't worry, I got you. There's a big old raven go, and your front door drops meat and drops bread every day. And you're like, huh? Yep. All you got to do is cook it. Just warm it up on fire. Next day. That's supernatural provision. Are you ready for this? Put verse 6 back up there, guys. First King, verse 17, verse 6. Here it goes. I want to watch this now. The audacity that we think of. You read this scripture a million times. I just got the revelation. I used to think, Elijah, what the audacity of Elijah to ask a poor little widow who's about to die. God had something more greater in mind. The ravens brought him bread and meat, and each morning and evening he drank from the brook. Keep going. Watch this. Read this with me. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall in the land. Okay, so he's experiencing it, right? Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Watch. So he went to Seraphath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow. Picture this in your head. Would you do this? I would be so afraid. I'd be so ashamed to do this in the natural. A widow 
no husband gathering some sticks in the famine. Would you, and then he said, uh, would you please uh, give me a little water in a cup? No, yeah, he was thirsty. I'm not spiritualizing anything, but there's a principle I want you to catch. Could you give me a, a, a water? And then he goes, oh, oh, oh by the way, um, bring me a little bread too. Now watch, this is where it gets really embarrassing if I was Elijah. She said, keep going, don't put it down until I tell you guys. She said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. Now now it's getting worse, right? You would think that Elijah would be like, oh, okay, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to be rude. She's like, I don't have a single bread in the house. Watch this. It gets worse. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the, of the jug. I was gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I are going to die. They were in such severe family, like, this is our last sit. This, this is it. This is it. Me and my son. This is for me and my. This money is for me and my family. This, this is for me. This money that I got is for me. No one's touching this money. I work hard for this money. This finances is mine. It's a process. God wanted to teach Elijah something too. Watch this. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said. Everyone say this with me. But make a little bread for me. Listen, I know you're going to die. I know you don't have a lot. I know this is your last meal. But trust me on this. And I I can't prove it, but it's almost like Elijah goes, trust me. Give, it was a test. Give me bread first. Now, in the natural, no one would do that. In the natural, like, I don't care who you are, old man. I don't care about this. I'm going to eat my last food, and I'm going to die. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Then use what's left over. Give God first because a prophet represents God in those, in those days, right? When you give to a prophet, it's like you're giving offering to the Lord in those days, right? Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Give me bread first. Imagine, Caitlin, you're about to die. Hey, I know you're about to die. But b- before you eat your last meal, bake me a cake, all right? And, and then whatever's left over from the little that you have, then you could use for your, your son and you. You'd be like, right? Watch this. Say obedience to the first unlocks the blessing. Watch this. So he said, for this is what the Lord says if you do this, if you do this first. This is what the Lord says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and and the crops to grow again. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Why would God send Elijah to a widow when he could have sent Elijah to a rich person? Why did God send Elijah to a widow to provide for Elijah? Because he already provided for him with ravens just a couple days ago with me. Don't you think he could do it again? Yes, because here's the answer and here's the revelation. God did not send Elijah to provide for Elijah. He sent Elijah to provide for the widow. The widow was in need, and God was testing the widow to see if she would give first. And she said, I'll give you this first, this offering first to the prophet of the Lord. Guess what happened next? She would wake up every morning, and the jar was filled with olive oil, and bread somehow appeared in her kitchen. 
And every day, everyone was suffering, but she had enough food. You know how, how long, the, the, according to James, you know how long the famine lasted? Three, three years and six months. Three years and six months with hardly anything to eat. Yet that widow was blessed. Why? Because God wanted to release the principle of first through her. Come on, someone shout amen. Come on, someone shout amen. Put that, put that slide up there. God didn't send Elijah to the widow to necessarily provide for Elijah. You need to take a picture of that. God sent Elijah to the widow to provide for the widow. Mm. Look at this next slide. Giving God the first portion of our resources, say resources, our time and our finances is not for God's benefit. It's for your benefit. Whew. I've experienced the blessing of God. High credit score. Not because I'm perfect. Because I've adopted this principle throughout my life. And I'll be honest with you, I never, was, um, I never had language for it like I have it now because I've searched the scriptures. But I always had a healthy fear of the Lord that as soon as I get paid, before I get paid anything else, I give God his portion. And it's almost like God is watching. See, a lot of people think, oh, God doesn't see that. Oh, 100% he sees that. How many believe that, that in the, na- the story in the natural that I just read is a little... Um, insensitive in the natural. A little insensitive. Come on, right? If we didn't know the story, you'd be like, how rude of Elijah to ask her for that, right? Well, it's the same way in this area, right? It's, it's almost rude to say, give God first, right? When you're maybe struggling, but I'm going to tell you, you will unlock a principle of honor. Come on, say amen. And that's why, does anybody have, I'm almost, I'm almost done. Does anybody have like a $20, $20 or $20 bill? Somebody? $100 bill? <laughs> I'm giving you an illustration. I'm not trying to keep it, okay? But I'm going to give you an illustration. <laughs> Some people are like, I ain't going to see you bunch of idolatrous hold money holders. No, just joking. 20, 20, 20. Well, you know what? Uh, what is that? What is that? Okay, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Okay, watch this. 100, okay? $100, right? Now, <laughs> some, some of you like, shikapa hashata. I'm going to say this again. The principle of first is your benefit. Now, I'm going to read a scripture that we're all used to. Preachers have preached to death. I'm going to ask you for the first time to not look at it through the lens of old preachers. Can I? Can I, can I ask you that? Malachi chapter 3. Listen, listen, the famous tithe scripture, right? But I want you to watch about the, what, why the principle of first is all even through, even through that. Everybody say the principle of first. Watch this. Malachi chapter 3. We're going to read, we're going to read first in the NLT and then uh, in, the, in verse 10. We're almost done. Are you guys getting something this morning? Look at this. Now, I like how NLT reads because we all know the scripture in the New King James. It says, how can a man rob God, right? We always use a rob God. But I like the word that the NLT uses. It says, it says should people cheat? Everybody say cheat. I'm going somewhere with this. Everybody say cheat. So that's a little different. Cheating and robbing is a little different. You rob me, you like, you know, it's like I, I get bum rushed and then you kind of just walk away. Cheating is intentional. Come on, that glass said amen. Watch this, watch this. Should people cheat God? Watch this. You cheated me. Everybody, God is saying, you cheated me. You ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? Everybody say cheat. Do you know that if you don't give the first portion, you're cheating God? All his portion, watch this. 
Uh, you have cheated me of the tithe and offerings due to me. Now, I want you to read verse 10 and verse 12, and then I'm going to share this illustration, and we're going to have a worship team come up. Bring all the tithe into the storehouses in the New King James, that you may have food there to eat, right? If you, and, and try me now in this, says the Lord, and I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room to you. Watch this. And I will rebuke the devourer, everybody say, for your sake. God did not send Elijah to the widow for Elijah's sake. He sent it for the widow's sake. The principle of first and not for God's sake is for your sake. But how are we cheating God? Right, watch this. So if, uh, let me just see. I'm going to pick on somebody. So if I left $100 right there, you know, kind of before, right? right? And he noticed it, right? And I did it on purpose. It's mine. And I left it under there before church started. He's like, God's blessing is raining on me. Thank you, Lord, right? And he picked it up. He's like, praise God. Church people are so, you know, that belonged to somebody. I mean, you think, come on, man. You think just an angel goes, here, here's $100, bro. Just, just, just sit right over there. Sit right over there. All right. That belo- everybody said that belonged to somebody. So all of a sudden I say, I figured out, hey, does um, did anybody, uh, anybody find $100? And everyone's quiet, right? Well, actually, no, wait, wait, wait. Actually, no, I said, has anybody found my money? I'm not going to say $100. Has anybody found uh, uh, some money? Because, and, and I, let's say I purposely know um, how much I left and who, who got it, right? Is anybody, so I'm testing. Does anybody have found? And so finally, Ryan, right? He's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I found some. I said, okay, good, good. Um, can you get, uh, I, I didn't know where it was. Okay, could you give me back uh, my money? He goes, yeah, sure, sure. And he gives me not $100, but he gives me $60. Now watch this. He doesn't know that I already own all that stuff. I just want, I just want what's due to me. Right? So I say, if you ever found the money, could you give it to me? Oh, yeah, sure. And he goes 20, 40, 60. And he keeps for himself the 40. You know what he just did? He gave me money, but he cheated me. Give me back that $100. It's, it's not mine. It's, it's Chrissy's going, oh, little bullshit. Watch this. Worship team, worship team, come up. You know how, how you know how we cheat God? We give him money. But we don't give him first fruits. Here's the the problem with us. We're saying, what's wrong with me? You're not giving your full 10%. I know that's legal, it sounds legalistic to you. You could you could think it was legalistic all you want, but there's a law and an honor system in God. Stop filtering everything from your painful past experience with church people that used money to manipulate you. Ooh, that's a good word. Stop using that as an, ex- as an excuse not to believe that this is good. Now, here's, watch this. I, I'm, please don't get upset with me, but I'm still going to say it, even if you do get upset. If you have a job, all of you should be tithing first. If the whole church tithes, not in just, just in this church, but all churches across America, they're just will be obedient to the first fruits. Most churches will have more than enough to do the work of the Lord honor the Lord, reach their city, and be able to hire staff to be able to do the work of the Lord. But according to statistics, only 20% of congregation people faithfully tithe. I want this to hit you today like a, t- I'm serious, I love this, I'm smiling while I'm, cu- while I'm cutting you, right? I'm going, <laughs> you're like, 
20%, according to statistics, of God's, pe God's people, they're saying this. Watch this. Well, no one's watching, so I, I, I only have $500. Give 50. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I got this. I got this. I got that. That's why you're always struggling because it's an idol in your life. It's not for his benefit. It's for yours. He's trying to see. He wants to free you from idolatry. When we get the principle of first, watch. I'm almost closing this now. Here's the second thing that happens. Everybody say second. When we get the principle of first, here it is. The second financial principle. I'm closing with this. That true happiness, come on somebody, is not acquired by material items that we spend our money on. When you truly have the principle of first, you will not seek for material things to get you happy. You know how it starts? It always starts. Come on, I'm not talking to the ladies, but ladies, I want you to hear me real good. Here's how it starts. Even with some guys. You know what, babe? I think, um, I think we need a barbecue. Yeah, we need a barbecue. Nothing wrong with barbecue. God's nothing, that has nothing. God has no problem with you desiring nice things. Right? As long as you keep the honor system intact. Right? Uh, so what happens? You know what? Get a barbecue. Oh, I don't know. It's not that you overspend. Okay, we'll, we'll get the barbecue, right? Then after a couple months, you're like, you know what? It would be good if we had some furniture out here. Right? So you, got, you charge on credit card furniture, something that you don't have, that you don't need, but you think it's going to make you happy. So you get it. And you spend. And you spend. And then after a couple months, you're like, you know, babe, this barbecue and this furniture, you know what would really good, would look good with this in the, in the, in the patio? A pool. Right? Man, we get a pool. Honey, we don't have that. It's, it's 50000 But you know what? You know, we deserve it. We overspend. We live above our means. And we don't give God first. How do you think God's going to bless that? How do you think God's going to bless that? It's like money with, with uh, uh, going into a net with holes in it. Watch. What happens a couple years down the road when your marriage is suffering, is that pool going to bring you happiness? It did for a little bit. But that pool is not going to save your marriage. It's not going to save your children when your children are going. You're not going to be like, oh, man, but every time I stare at this pool, it's going to forget about No, your, your marriage is dying. Your children are about to go in the way of the world. Why? Because material things don't give true happiness. Now, watch this. This is key. This is key. I did a lot of study on this. That's why I'm giving you a lot of meat today. If you guys ever gone to uh, Texas or Brazil, they just keep giving you me. That's what I'm trying to give you today. All right, real quick. Now, watch this. Man, I got to hurry. Goodness. I have so much to give you, but I, ha I have to just get this out. I have to get this out. <laughs> the difference between the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh is this. When you get, um, when you get the principle of first, first, it will strip you from idolatry of money and the greed of covetousness. So watch this. I used to think, now in 1 John, you guys can quote this, love not the world, the things in this world, the what? Pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, right? Years ago, I used to just randomly think that the lust of the eyes was like looking, lust, like looking with your eyes. Do you know that lust of the eyes has nothing to do contextually with, with the things of the flesh? Because that's covered under the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes has to do with covetousness and your tendency for greed especially when it comes to how much you have, how much money you have. Is the lust of the 
I, I want this, I want that, I'm getting this, I get more money, I get this. Nothing wrong with getting more money. Please don't misunderstand me. But many of us are not honoring God with the first portion of it. And I'm ending with this. We always say this. Some of us say, if I just had a bigger house, and, and, and it's noble because we justify it with actually true needs. We say, if I just get a house, the children can now run more freely because we're in a small house. And that is true. And that is noble. But you can't overspend to think that new house is not going to give you permanent happiness. It'll give you, a per, it'll give you a temporary happiness. But you know what? Those of you who know me, and this is not boasting, one of the reasons why I have a good credit score is because I live below my means. Do you know that I have, I've seen millionaires that have planes, planes. I have millionaire, I know millionaire friends that have great businesses. And I remember one day uh, getting out the, my, my car and we were going to an event and he parked right next to me. I go, those are cool glasses. He goes, $3.99 at the flea market. I'm thinking, dude, you have a plane. I didn't say anything there, but I realized that the people that are successful are not having God as their money. Money as their God, sorry. They're not having God as money as their God. $3.99 at a flea market when he has a plane. Why? Because he knows that just because he has a lot of money, he's not going to have a lot of money, have a lot of him. Hear me now. Hear me now. If I only had a new car, I'll be happy. That's what we say. If I only have a new house, I'm happy. Some of you, if I only had a new spouse, I'll be happy. Don't say amen to that. Someone like, amen. Oh, I rebuke that. Repent. Thank you, Lord. This is the last scripture, but it's so important. Put that point up there. The desire for more things never stops. People that seek more money or more things will never be satisfied. I'm going to read that again. The desire for more things never stops, guys. It never stops, ladies. You can never have enough things. You buy that thing, and then all of a sudden you're not satisfied. you got to buy another thing. No, no, no. Keep that up there. Keep that up there. Now read this with me out loud. People that seek more money or more things, say this with me, will never be satisfied. Last scripture. This is, a, this is a gangster one. Proverbs 27, verse 20. I'm closing with this. Proverbs 27, verse 20. I apologize for going a little late today. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I just want to be honorable, though. Here it goes. Hell and destruction are never full. Hello, hello. Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of a man are never satisfied. <laughs> what is the eyes of a man talking about? The lust of the eyes, which translate into covetousness and materialism. Not the lust of the flesh. That's not what he's talking about here. The lust of a person for finite, for things will never be satisfied. How many of you, don't raise your hand, are in debt now, and you realize you didn't need that. You know, I heard someone say this years ago, and i never forget it. He goes, if you just wait 24 hours, that desire may pass. He goes, just wait a little bit. Don't do impulsive. And I'm getting ahead of myself. But one of the things that I have seen from millionaires, you know what they have learned? They don't, they're not emotional givers. 
or emotional spenders. Just because someone's in need, and just because they're a millionaire, they won't give to everyone that's in need. They only allow, they only give by the impulse of the Holy Ghost. You'll, they'll pass by someone in need and, and you know, nothing. All of a sudden, the Lord says to that millionaire, give to that person. Why? Because we don't, they don't give emotionally. Spending, we need to be careful how we spend emotionally. And don't spend, don't go shopping when you just had an argument with your spouse. Don't go shopping when you're hungry like me. Because you'll, you'll end up buying things that you will never use in the long run. And it was an emotional spend, and now you're in debt. God is not going to wave his hand and wipe your debt away. He can bring an inheritance to you and a blessing. Yes, 100% he could. But I believe he will give it to you when he knows that you're ready. And I hear an amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.